Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard Hello. who loved writing stories. Oh, this is brilliant. Young Howard wrote many stories and scripts. Mr. Quackers was on his magic toilet. But then one day, he grew up and discovered alcohol and laziness. So he put his writing in the attic and forgot about it. Twenty years later, Howard found his old stories and persuaded his lifelong friend Rufus to read them. Join Rufus and Howard as they embark on a mission to read everything he wrote from the age of five until now in The Worst Writer in the World. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat to write every night But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah Woman of a no, woman of a no Worst writer in the world Worst writer in the world Hello and welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Rufus, and me, Howard. <laughs> Is that why we do the intros now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's be a bit, let's sound a bit less in- excited about it. <laughs> oh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the rubbish writer in the rubbish world. Uh, I'm the rubbish one and he's the other rubbish, rubbish one. Uh, <laughs> would, you, uh, would you like to put us in your bin? Should we live in, should we go and live in your bin? I mean, we're, we're, you're probably playing us on your phone, so just put your phone in your bin and it'll all be fine. All right, bye, brother. That's the end of the episode. Bye, me. <laughs> all right, now let's be better than that. Okay. Thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting us. Thanks to our lovely thanks. patrons on Patreon for patronising us. Thanks. And thanks to you for listening to us. Thanks. <laughs> Such enthusiasm. Now, this week we start an exciting new story. And when I say new, I mean not new. Ooh. Right? Because people may have noticed from the title that this is called The Candle of Ever, which is a Doctor Who story by very young Howard. How old were you when you wrote this one? Uh, I wrote it yesterday because I still <laughs> am very young Howard. Yes. Now, I mean, that's true. But we worked out you wrote this in middle school, like probably around the age of 13 or something, I mm-hmm. believe. And people may be thinking, some people may be thinking that this is, I've, oh, I've heard this one before because you released this one on Man by Cow podcast. And that is true. But, but. excitingly, this new edit is about three times as long as the version on Man by Cow. <gasps> What a big bargain! <laughs> Basically, all the bits we cut out on Man by Cow to try and fit it into one episode for a reason that we definitely had at the time that mm-hmm. we can't remember now, mm-hmm. right, have been restored and put back in and we've turned it into a Worst Writer episode with all the exciting plot so far and links that we usually do for Worst Writer show and it's much, much better. So there will be an enormous amount in this one that you've never heard and that even includes quite a bit of stuff never even heard in the secret gang version. So that means not only have our listeners not heard it, but our patrons haven't heard some of it. And even Howard hasn't heard a lot of it. Because <laughs> he may have been there at the time, but he wasn't really paying attention. And also, because we have a habit of occasionally discussing and getting distracted by obscure sketches that we've made or conversations that we've had i've generally i've patched them in so if we start talking about something weird i've just put it in 
brilliant. <laughs> so you might hear us begin talking about something and then it'll flip over to that thing so you're not confused. So hopefully this will be a bit of an exciting experience for us all. Mm, I mean, I can hardly contain <laughs> myself already. <laughs> Too excited. You look pretty excited. <laughs> you sound pretty excited, you know. That's my excited voice. Oh! <laughs> It's also your I'm having a shit at the moment voice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So, um, as I said, this is a Doctor Who story. It's also, I believe, the second thing that we ever recorded like this. After Ginger Beasting, we did this. So the recording is from quite a while ago. But the writing, as ever, is by young genius child Howard. You know, before he lost all his... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. What's the title of the story? <laughs> it's called The Candle of Ever. The Candle of Ever. Yeah, uh, okay. Here's a picture. There's a lot of pictures come with it. The Dalek Invasion of Balam. <laughs> Which is uh, surprising. Um, Balam is apparently not a suburb of London, but an, and it looks like an <laughs> island. Balham. Yeah. And I'm got... invading Balham. I'm a Dalek. <laughs> You're not a Dalek, Tom Baker Doctor, are you? You're getting confused. <laughs> He wants to play all the parts. <laughs> anyway, there's a picture of a Dalek and there's a, a map of Balhem, um, and I think that's the TARDIS because it's pink. <laughs> oh, really? Pink What's going on? Um, I think we've found page one. Okay. Um, anyway, on page one, it's got a printing history, <laughs> which is surprising that for something that seems to have been typed on a typewriter. Um, the paperback division of WH Allen and Co. Limited. Yeah, they make the actual Doctor Who books. Oh, right. So you're just getting this ready for when they publish it so I they think, don't have to do it. <laughs> I think if I did that and I sent it to them, that they would assume that it belonged to them and yeah, they'd publish it. That they'd it. already published yeah. it and they'd just publish it again. Yeah, yeah, that's probably quite clever, yeah. Did you send it to anyone? Oh, no, it was for school. Oh, right. for school. They asked you, what kind of school did you go to where you had to write Doctor Who books? <laughs> did you when, go to Doctor Who school? I went to uh, the uh, Gallifrey... High school. Okay. I went to Castle Rock, you know. Yeah, you we were went there. to the same school. I didn't do you this. Were in a different... Yeah, but you weren't in Mr. Khan's class. No, I was in Mr. Bailey's class. Were you? Yeah. I like Mr. Bailey. He was nice. He was, well, good. He was my favourite well. teacher, actually. Mr. Khan was great, but like, if he didn't like people, he was quite cruel. Yeah, he Mr. didn't like Robert Woodward. Didn't he? Poor, fat, stupid Robert. <laughs> he said that? Yeah, he would say about him. Yeah. When he got annoyed with him. He called him poor, fat and stupid. Yeah, he was poor, fat and stupid. Yeah, but that's still no excuse for a teacher to say it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd say... He's just quoting facts. No, I'm going to say, if there's three things... If you you were going to make a list of things a teacher (laughs) shouldn't call a student, I'd say poor, fat and stupid are probably top three. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because, like, social division, poor, Hmm. problems with body image in the future, fat, fat, and... No chance of an education from a teacher who calls you stupid. Yeah, he only did it if he got suitably irritated by by Robert for like messing around and not Even paying so, attention yeah. and stuff. And I think I think teachers, and, yeah, yeah, not losing not weight. having any money. <laughs> yeah, coming from a poor family. You coming here without your money? <laughs> no, it was Colville. No one had any money. Yeah, but it some people like commu- some some people had less than no money. Yeah, some some people had no money and some people had minus money. Okay, anyway, getting back to the printing history. Oh, God. <laughs> um, it's going to be a long, it's long a, night. It's a dress first published in Thailand. Wow, interesting. Tea. The Thailand division of WH Allen. They yeah. didn't know they had one, they do. Um, photo typeset by Sunrise Setting Talkie 
Devon, printed on Scaro by Davros Dalek Printing. <laughs> Tower B12 for the forest. <laughs> you were always funny, weren't you? Yeah. And I mean, strange. I've not got good hopes. Well, I, I mean, I did have until I turned to the first page where I find a poem. <laughs> And it's for Terry Nation. Oh, that's nice. You wrote a poem to Terry Nation. That's very good of me. He was probably still alive then. You were a massive loser, weren't you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a poem. I'm good at poetry. Yeah, well, let's find out. For Terry Nation, who without the Daleks would not have been created, I then should have had to use the Cybermen. (laughs) Yeah. Roses are red. You stick things with glue. (laughs) Good. Cybermen are silver and Zygons aren't blue. <laughs> they aren't. Oh, I can't believe you've written a comedy poem about Doctor Who when you were ten. Roses are red, pink, white, or a mixture of those. Violets are violet. Daleks are dangerous, but please do not fret. That's the next verse. <laughs> What's that going to rhyme with? Well, I don't think. I don't know. Okay, never mind. No. Oh, violet. Violet. Yeah, violet. Violets are violet. Do it right. <laughs> Sorry, roses are red, pink, white, or a mixture of those. <laughs> Violets are violet. <laughs> Daleks are dangerous. But please don't fret. Is ah, that okay? Is yeah. that better? That's much better. Saliva is indescribable. What? Saliva is... <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> I suppose... Saliva is indescribable. Okay. Your bogeys are green. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they are. Have you seen the TARDIS? It's one hell of a machine. Oh, it is. Oh, I should have. I'm an, this is like if, if Russell T. Davis had seen my love of the TARDIS. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have bothered bringing Doctor Who back. No, he would want me to write for the show. He'd be like, uh, this guy like really likes it. Well, thank but goodness. Unnecessarily so. Thank goodness he's not in control anymore. Daleks are nasty. Yeah. <laughs> Daleks are nasty. nasty. Cybermen are too. Autons are plastic. Zygons still are not blue. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> fair enough, they're not. Ice warriors are ugly. Yeah. Ogrons are too. Is that how I pronounce Ogrons? Ogrons. Ogrons, okay. Sorry, listener, I have to admit I'm not as much of a Doctor Who fan as Howard is. Ice Warriors are ugly. Ice Warriors are ugly. Ogrons are too. The Master has a beard, but he's not blue. Open brackets, either close brackets. So. You're really putting a lot of a lot of emphasis on this blue thing. Maybe maybe this not being blue thing connects back to the picture of the TARDIS that isn't blue, the pink and yellow yeah, TARDIS. Yeah. Maybe 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 well, not being blue is a major theme in your story. Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe I, I'm colourblind and can't see blue, so maybe. I'm not quite specific about that. You think nothing is blue because mm. you don't know what blue yeah, is. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen it. Um, it's that yeah. green colour there, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I must admit it. Someone was right. You. I must admit it. Someone was right. You. you. If you get the correct paint, Zygons can be blue. You can paint a Zygon blue, yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, you can paint anything blue. Okay, I well, don't, under, don't really understand that poem. All right, so contents page. Page one, prologue. Page two, the shadowed visage. Oh. Page three, enter the doctor. Oh. That's the way it gets rude. Page <laughs> Page five. Arrival on Scarrow. Piss Scarrow. on the Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Page five, go upstairs and wank in readiness. <laughs> For the Doctor. Yeah. Page six, enter the Doctor. Yeah. Page seven, Take the piss on the Doctor. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Page six, destruction on Scarrow. Mm. So we've got the shadowed visage. Yeah, good. Enter the Doctor, arrival on Scarrow, destruction on, sh- on Scarrow. Scarrow. Sean Connery's um, reading this. Yeah, yeah. Destruction on Scarrow. Illustrations. Um, page A. Yay! Hooray never, for me! You've never really worked this out, have you? <laughs> <laughs> like, pages don't work in this way. Uh, it's true, you've got page 
Um, page A, page two, page three, page C. <laughs> See, this doesn't put things in order. Now no one knows how to find anything. I go, oh, I must turn to find out what, what the illustration of a squat darling looks like. I'll just turn to page C. I wonder where that is. I have no idea. I just have to flick through. Oh, um, good. All right, so there's um, here's a map of what was it? I don't know. Meteorax world map. Irrelevant. Um, um, in the Isles of Ever, yeah. there's a place called Friendshire. That's nice. Friendshire, where you go. I bet Care Bears come from there. Yeah. Is there an enemy shear? <laughs> I'm not seeing one. The, oh, no, there's only two places in the Isles of Ever. Yeah. Friendshire and Health Sorks. <laughs> All right, Howard, it's time to start reading The Candle of Ever by wonderful young Howard Long. Hooroo! <laughs> you sound very excited. I am. <laughs> did you know that this story has a prologue? I did, but it was lost. It was lost. It was. For many years it was lost, but then we found it, written in one of your school exercise books, because what is here is essentially the first draft mm. of The Candle of Ever, which I'd like to tell you is exactly the same. <laughs> I say first draft, but really what you did was you wrote it in pen and then you typed it up. That's yes. something you do as a kid, isn't it? I typed it up. You know, yeah. I didn't change anything. I mean, <laughs> I, I needed to do that kind of thing because my handwriting is illegible. Well, I mean, looking at this, it's not nearly as bad as it often has been. This, I think this is after, after remedial, remedial handwriting, handwriting class. class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I can read it, yeah. but also it is in pen, which, like, mm. for example, the, hum- the Revenge of the Living Dead Went the Wrong Way, Humanoid Mole People was yeah. all in pencil, and that made it more difficult because it's kind of faded. But this is in lovely blue biro. Brilliant. So here we go. Doctor Who, the candle of ever. Three. Prologue. Ooh. Far out. In the remote blackness of the Gosling Nebula lies a small red... I I feel this (laughs) (laughs) something quite familiar about the form of this prologue. I feel like you're taking inspiration from somewhere. Do you feel that? No, I think... Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Wholly original. (laughs) And if anything else is like it, clearly they've copied me. Anyway, so far out Mm. in the the remote blackness of the Gosling (laughs) Nebula lies a small... Unregarded, no, it doesn't say that, red <laughs> planet. Yeah, it isn't because it's completely different. That's why it doesn't say that. It is. It's left out all the good words. <laughs> well, I all the words that make like, that, that sentence memorable. I had to replace them with ones that weren't used in that. So I was like, <laughs> once upon a time, up space. <laughs> War a planet. Coloured red. <laughs> That's so much better than this. <laughs> Once upon a time, up space, were a planet coloured red. It's such a good opening. Mm. And I tell you what, the, the real tragedy of that, the real injustice of that, mm-hmm. is if you had written that, Mr Cotton would have corrected you. <laughs> He'd have said, what's this rubbish? Because mm. people in Coville were such snobs, such <laughs> poor snobs, such poor snobs. Everyone was poor, right? Yeah. But because there were two levels of poor, yeah. there were all those super poor snobs, yeah. right? And he was one of them. Yeah. He would have told you off for that amazing sentence. Mm. She'd probably mention, for people who don't know, that um, the... The source that I'm alluding to is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And if you don't know that source, then do stop listening to this immediately and go and read that instead. (laughs) Yeah, or listen to it. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Which begins with a prologue um, whose wording is somewhat reminiscent. Mm. (laughs) 
out of this. Yeah, somewhere up space. <laughs> so, um, uh, far out in the remote blackness of the Gosling Nebula lies a red planet, which, by the natives of the planet, goes by the name of Metrax. Okay. Hmm. Man, that was quite a sentence. <laughs> it started out quite understandable, but then it just went off. <laughs> The planet Metorax supports a race of carbon-based humanoids. <laughs> uh, the planet Metorax supports a race of carbon-based humanoids, and the atmosphere is very much like our own. Mm. And that's good in case any humanoids want to go there. For example, in a TARDIS. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just guessing. <laughs> Metorax is famed Ooh. for, or rather, isn't famed for. <laughs> <laughs> Real English gentleman, but not really. <laughs> yes, good. <laughs> it's so common, especially at the beginning of things of yours we read that you like, it's like this. Of course, it's not like that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Metorax is famed, and the way it's written is Metorax is famed for dot dot dot, or rather, dash isn't famed for <laughs> its museum. Hmm. Such a weird sentence. It's so good. That's so good. It's famed for, or rather, isn't. <laughs> That's not how you use or rather. I like just to say the exact opposite. It is how of I use or rather. Said. That's exactly how I use it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My sentence was was demonstrably untrue there, where I said that's not how you use it. Once upon a time, there were a man, or rather, there wasn't a man. <laughs> So Metorax is famed for, or rather isn't famed for, its museum, which is filled with curios from mm. all over the universe, including the harp of Herodicus, Ooh. which is supposed to have set the universe rolling. So uh, so the universe was fine, and then Herodicus turned up with his harp. Stuck some wheels on it. Rolled away. I like what you've done with this universe, but um, I, there's one thing missing. <laughs> could use wheels. Oh, no, the universe is getting away. <laughs> Why did we leave it at the top of that hill? <laughs> we didn't have wheels. Like, you can put a house on the top of a hill, can't you? As long as Herodicus doesn't turn up and put wheels on it. Yeah, yeah like, I like I like this universe. It's a nice universe. Mm. But I'd like to be able to drive it on holiday, <laughs> to drive it to the seaside and park it in a campsite or whatever. It's me, Radicles. Would you like wheels with that? Burger, is it, sir? Would you like wheels with that? Oh, I see you have a dog. Would you like me to put wheels on him? <laughs> <laughs> I could use my harp. Yeah. That's what it does, you know. And that's if well, if you if you ever see a dog with wheels, now you know why. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, his harp is said to have set the universe rolling. Mm. <laughs> of course. Of course. It didn't. This is not true. <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah, that's not my story. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's famed for that. Well, it's not. Well, of course, it's not. Okay, it's, not yeah. it's not famed for it because no one's heard of it. <laughs> but <I> mean... <laughs> no. Of course, this is not true. And also, the museum doesn't have that harp, <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't exist. Yeah. And it's called something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> of course, this is not true at all. Mm. And neither is it true that the flute of Theracles can charm the pants of a Dalek. Ooh. <laughs> is that because Daleks don't have pants? But there you go. Oh, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of that joke. Okay, right. But there you go. <laughs> there you go. 
your new your line because Daleks don't, don't have pants probably would have been better. <laughs> well, unless like Davros, you know, installed pants on all of them when he first made them, but Theracles is, is, is like already charmed the pants off of them. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Where have the pants on all my Daleks gone? I'm They're sorry. Rolling around naked. I'm sorry, wait Davros. A why have they got Why have they got wheels on? <laughs> Put wheels on these Daleks. They'll be able to get all over the place and murder everyone oh, now. Shit, yeah. They were supposed to be statues. Heradicus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> have you been putting wheels on my Daleks? Yeah. yeah, I'm afraid I have. Theracles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you been have you been charming the pants off my Daleks? <laughs> you should you should not have done that. Inside their pants was a ray gun instead of a penis. And, <laughs> Yeah. You've got that ray gun out. Yeah, Davros wasn't a bad guy. He just didn't think things through. Yeah. <laughs> like these pants will just these <laughs> pants will keep everyone safe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to leave my Dalek with with Pericles <laughs> and Eradicus. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be fine. fine. Yeah. As long as they don't get wheels and lose their pants. <laughs> but how would they? <laughs> of course. It is true. I'm a bit suspicious about <laughs> what's coming up now, I'll tell you that. Mm. Of course, it is true mm. that a certain candle hidden beneath the museum could, if extinguished, be the destruction of the universe. But of course, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. And also, the universe will be OK as long as it drives away quickly enough. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it could be the destruction of the universe, but then again. <laughs> <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. <laughs> but then again, that's not true. Yeah. But then again, no, then again, the only people who know about it being there are the two night watchmen mm. of the museum. So I mean, they're probably paid really well, <laughs> and and would never certainly are uh, incorruptible night watchmen of a museum, and and the owner. So we're safe. So we oh, <laughs> the only people who know are two night watchmen. Why don't the day watchmen know? <laughs> Why is it only the Why is it only the night guys? Yeah. Don't, don't 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 tell the don't tell the the day guys. Yeah. They can't be trusted. No. <laughs> and even if anyone did track it down mm -hmm. and tried to extinguish, now, well, no, the the best thing, the thing I'm laughing at is yeah. it says and tried to put it out, but it, it does say that. But you've you've crossed out e x t i n, like you started writing extinguish and then just went nope, <laughs> not not go in there. <laughs> so put put it out. Yeah. <laughs> Even if anyone did track it down and tried to put it out, they would not succeed, as the only way to do this mm -hmm. is to take the candle to Gallifrey Ooh. and drop it into the Pool of Rassilon, which would release chaos beasts <laughs> who would wreak havoc over the universe, and the candle would have to renounce its title, the Candle of Ever. Ooh. Well, I tell you what, I am glad we found and mm. restored that prologue because I enjoyed it a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was some classic stuff in there. <laughs> it was, it was, cla it was classic Howard. This is a thing, of course, mm. it's not a thing. <laughs> it really, really did feel very familiar. <laughs> 
But now, let's return to the original recording of Candle of Ever, which, just in case we say anything that confuses people, is being recorded by two people who have not read that prologue that we just read. (laughs) We are here in the future reading this, and they are there in the past not Not thinking it's been lost forever. Yeah. So let's do that, shall we? Yes, let's. Chapteria 1. Good start. Chapteria 1. The Shadowed Visage. Ted closed the trapdoor in the museum floor and covered it with a shag pile rug. <laughs> a shag pile rug. Just uh, one he happened to have with him. Uh, the only glint of light in the room radiated from the glow in the dark. <laughs> what? From the glow in the dark night watchman bags. Which yeah. was pinned to Ted's cap. The only glint was a glow. Right, yeah. Right. Okay, so the darkness was broken. <laughs> <laughs> so Ted fixed it. <laughs> By putting a bulb in. <laughs> no, no, the darkness was broken. Yeah. Uh, as Ted clicked on his torch, he flashed the white beam of light <laughs> along a great line of paintings and once grand statues, then headed on towards the exit. As he went to open the door, a slight rush of wind swept across his face and he heard a quiet, <laughs> wheezing sound. There's <laughs> someone farted on him, basically. <laughs> Ted span around and quickly flashed his torch over the room again. The torch finally rested on a pair of statues. <laughs> it's a now, split torch. Statues don't usually come in pairs, do they? Uh, shoes Torches and socks. don't normally point at two things at once. <laughs> This is space. This is space magic. Space torch. Um, Final rest on a pair of statues. They were Adepticus Titanicus. And Ted was truly amazed. It was true. Two existed, but they only had one. It was a miracle. Oh, right. Now the museum could could become really big and he would be rich. What? (laughs) He's the night watchman, right? (laughs) Yeah. Does his his wages go up when when the museum get better? He took shares. He took shares. He's been there a long time. So maybe he owns the place. He just you know he's he's a real down to earth guy. Then it would say he's the owner, wouldn't it? You'd think Ted, the owner of the museum, also worked as a night watchman at his own museum. Well, it hasn't actually said what he is. It said he's wearing a night watchman's cap. That would doesn't say. But he's not wearing an owner's cap. No, no. That would maybe he couldn't find his own cap and he borrowed the night watchman. Maybe I'm just looking for meaning. Um, all right, so the museum could become. He's just. He's, 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 let's so he's shone his torch on a second statue that wasn't there before, and his yes. immediate reaction is, "Fucking hell, I'm going to be rich." He's <laughs> clearly not that clever. Yeah. He unlatched a mini CB from his jacket lapel. People in Doctor Who never are clever. When, when weird true. shit happens, they just kind of like react in, in in a way that's not really been thought out very well by a ten-year-old. Yeah, this is true. It's very true to form. Uh, he unlatched a mini CB from his jacket lapel. What's that? What's a CB? Um, that's what they used to call radios, isn't is it? it? Like when you, what's CB stand for? C carburetor. Carburetor. Okay. Uh, so he unlatched a mini carburetor from his jacket lapel. <laughs> it's all a bit weird now. He pressed a tiny red button on its side and spoke into its speaker. <laughs> Dave, do you copy? You should have spoken to its listener, shouldn't you? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Dave, do you copy? Good, spe- good Doctor Who's space names. Ted and Dave. Ted and Dave. I think I don't think we're in space yet. I think that's the trouble. Oh, um, we're not. But he's in a space. Ted Edicus. Uh, is he? I think isn't what it is just a regular museum? I doubt it. Wasn't it? Isn't it set on someone called Baladon or something? What was that? That's just a map. I have meteor no idea axe. what that it's is. Set, it's set on meteor axe. This. I mean, it hasn't said where it is yet. It's just he's a night watchman and he's pointing his torch at 
statues that weren't there before. Okay. Well, if it's another, if it's another planet, then maybe Night Watchman's um, wages are linked to the, uh, you know, the takings of a museum. And, the, and they have two pronged torches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just it's space museum, isn't it? Yeah. Anything could happen. Uh, Dave, do you copy? Sure do, old guy. Get down here quickly. There's something you've just got to see, and you're truly going to love it. What is it? asked Dave. <laughs> Hold on a second. What, is, just... is Gret Benchley playing Dave? Yeah, yeah Gret's going to play Dave. What is it? asked Dave <laughs> in an enthusiastic manner. <laughs> now that's a good sentence. What is it? asked Dave in an enthusiastic <laughs> manner. <laughs> so he didn't mean it. Yeah. He's just putting it on. Yeah. Come and find out, exclaimed Ted. He reclipped his CB and brushed back his long grey hair, mm. then wiped the sweat from his wrinkled brow. His old, worn face was glowing intensely. <laughs> All right, so that's weird. <laughs> now the only source of light. There's, there's actually three now, because we've got his Night Watchman's badge on his cap, oh, his two-pronged torch, <laughs> and his glowing head. <laughs> so that's good. three sources of light. That's good. Yeah. It's not so dark now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, his intensely glowing head. His name head. is Ted, he's got a glowing head. <laughs> Good, yeah. So, an intensely glowing head. Get it right. <laughs> he stroked. <laughs> Intense. It's, it's just like. It's going to explode, yeah, isn't it? Glowing intensely is frightening, isn't it? Not many things glow intensely. You, do, you run away from things that glow intensely. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so. Uh, mm. Blah, blah, blah. Glowing. <laughs> blah 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 glowing head <laughs> yeah he, st- <laughs> he strode confidently up to the twin statue and patted it on the head what which head it's, twin gl- st- it's, it's glowing one all right and a very surprising thing happened oh the front of the statue clicked open yeah. wow breathed ted he was amazed. <laughs> I think we got that from the wow. <laughs> oh, amazed, said Ted. He was amazed. <laughs> um, and took a peek inside, flashing his torch around. He took a what inside? A peek. Okay. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not gone. It's not gone ginger beasting yet. Okay. Um, the torchlight flickered across a hexagonal wall mm. with circular depressions at regular intervals. These glowed dimly. Oh. Finally, the beam from the torch picked out a hexagonal control console, oh. uh, which was all very amazing. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> Thanks for the uh, commentary there, uh, young Howard. You've got, to know, you've got to know that it's amazing, otherwise you just think it's boring. Yeah, which was all very dull. So Ted went home. Uh, no, which was all very amazing. Uh, but the most fantastic thing yeah, was what? that the statue mm. was bigger on the inside than on the out. Wow. Uh, open brackets. Dimensionally transcendental was oh. the proper name for it. Close brackets. Of course, thought Ted. It's all done with mirrors. And he stepped into the six-sided room. Right. So Ted found an unexpected twin statue in his museum right the night watchman walking around he's like um, we've got one of these statues suddenly we've got two wow I'm going to be rich yes (laughs) (laughs) his first reaction was I'm going to be rich and his second reaction was to get in it (laughs) (laughs) he's like wow it's got a door I'll get in Hmm. and then we cut to a new scene Mm. alright so here we go Dave was in the common room 
The only furniture was an oak coffee table which stood in the centre of the room and a green settee with thin yellow lines, important information, <laughs> which lent scruffily, <laughs> which lent scruffily I, against the eastern wall. It's because, like, um, the eastern, the eastern wall is very appropriate and important as well, I should imagine. Yeah. It's because, like, when, when I was writing when I was young, I thought you had to describe things. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And now I don't believe you do. No, now you describe nothing. Yeah. <laughs> now it's just like, let's get on with a wanking. <laughs> yeah, just don't explain why. Yeah. He went upstairs and wanked. He went to a room, he wanked. (laughs) He wanked for five minutes and then his girlfriend turned up and he pissed on (laughs) the end. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so uh, Lent Scruffly against the Eastern Wall, supported by three very gnawed legs, a pile of biology books and the wall itself. He was sat on this settee, pulling a pair of oversized red boots onto his feet. He was in his mid-twenties, with thick black hair and a big bushy moustache. He wore a well-fitting night watchman's outfit, in a bright red colour, which clashed violently with the settee. He began to tie his laces. Wow. That was a whole cutaway paragraph. Now we've got another space, and we go with... Um, a black leather boot kicked a small doll-like figure from its path. The doll slid across the room and rested, face upwards in one corner. It had the face and clothing of Ted. <gasps> Ted's body tissue had been shrunken what? until his internal organs had been crushed badly and forced to shrink also. Yeah. To put it plainly, he was dead. OK. And small. Yeah. <laughs> put it plainly, he was dead and small. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you forgot to mention yeah. the small part. Uh, the black boot matched with a black pair of trousers, a black waistcoat, shirt, and a black cloak and hood. The man was wearing black. <laughs> Does he match with a black what face? Is he? <laughs> what we're saying is it was a black man wearing black. Yeah. Basically, his clothes match. Okay. Is what this sentence is telling us. The hood in question belonged to the murderer, and covered their face with shadows. The murderer, indeed. It's a, murderer rubbish, indeed. It's a rubbish time lord name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The black clad figure moved swiftly over to the rug which covered the trap door. He pulled the rug away and heaved open the square wooden door by an iron rung that was attached to it. Complete blackness filled the corridors below, and the figure felt for some type of ladder. <laughs> <laughs> he found a ladder made of jelly, a jelly type of ladder. Oh, that's not good enough, he yeah. thought. So he looked for a, a particular type of ladder yeah. made of wood. Yeah, he really felt for that ladder. <laughs> Yeah, he can, he can really understand the way. <laughs> yeah, whilst trying to support the weight of someone who was getting on the roof, he really felt for ladders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and the figure felt for some type of ladder. His fingers came across a half metal, half wooden structure. <laughs> you get a ladder. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe. I mean, a lot of things are made out of wood and metal, though, right? But yeah. But well, I'm thinking in this context, yeah. when he's like, oh, he's standing over a trapdoor, looking for a ladder, <laughs> and he's found. It doesn't say what shape it is. Ladder. His fingers came across a half metal, half wooden structure that was spherical. Probably not a ladder, no. you know. Um, but if it was ladder shaped, yeah, ladder shaped ladder made of yeah, wood yeah. and metal. And oh, he climbed onto it and began to descend. Until he was totally engulfed in darkness, I'm thinking it was a ladder. He should have brought um, the night watchman's head with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's shrunk as well. Yeah. So he's made, made the night he's watchman made into, a, into a, torch. a torch. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, and he didn't, didn't even bother to bring it with him. Why idiot. Right, so we're back to Dave. 
with the next bit, so we're probably going to hear a lot of description yeah. of what he's wearing and his furniture. And how, how tight his shoelaces are. <laughs> yeah. Dave was strolling down a brightly lit corridor. That's oh, makes a change in this building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, he's probably got Ted with him, <laughs> or maybe all the uh, maybe all the night watchmen have intensely glowing heads, <laughs> so ev- everything is brightly lit where they go. Um, Dave was strolling down a brightly lit corridor. He's sipping at a steaming hot cup of coffee. <laughs> he's sipping. He's sipping. <laughs> he's sipping at a steaming hot cup of coffee. Uh, the museum what... opened out into a modern art section which was filled photographs. <laughs> You've started to forget words at this point. Yeah, I mean, I've probably got bored of writing it by yeah. now. I'm just going to get to the end. Get to the end. Which was filled photographs and obscure statues, etc. <laughs> oh, God. It's always good to have etc. in a story. And you'll also notice that after etc. you've got five dots. <laughs> so, That's an unnecessary amount of dots. Yeah, it's not the first time. We've had a few five dots. After really? a truly amazed, Ted was truly amazed, had five dots as well. And Three is the correct number of dots. Yeah, really. yeah. But they only had one as four. If you put etc, you would put a dot at the end of it and then put yeah. three dots. And also, you would never use etc in a story. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> it's just like, well, at least I've given up to describing things. Oh, this is a good good step forward. That's I think, true, Because I don't yeah. want to hear any more descriptions. For, for this story, we need more etc. Yeah. <laughs> then he went to space, etc. <laughs> fought the bad guy, etc. One, etc. The end, etc. <laughs> Yeah, good one. <laughs> All right, so uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, obscure statues, etc. <laughs> Dave, Dave stopped briefly to admire a framed <laughs> photograph of a nude humanoid lady. Hey! <laughs> entitled Ginger Beast. No, no, sorry, entitled Lola. <laughs> then dropped an empty plastic cup into a litter bin. I and- think that's a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll find out. Then dropped, <laughs> dropped a, an empty paper cup into a litter bin, zipped up, and, and continued on his way. No, it just says, and continued on his way. Yeah. Passing some unrecognisable triangular and square statues. Unrecognisable. <laughs> you recognise yeah. them as square and triangular statues, right? Sorry, I'll read it again. Passing some recognisable <laughs> triangular and square statues. Yeah. And on to more interesting and time-taken works of art. I think one thing you can't tell from me reading this is how often you put things in <laughs> inverted commas. It's almost like you're embarrassed about the vocabulary <laughs> you're using a lot of the time, and so you're putting it in inverted commas, like yeah. doll-like. Is, it's just an adjective, but you're putting it in inverted commas. Mm. Um, time taken, because that's not a word. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> modern art. Um, modern art. That's in, that's that, in that, belong, that definitely yeah. belongs in parentheses, so, doesn't it? Not parentheses, it's uh, sorry, uh, um, quotation marks or whatever. Bunny right? ears, yeah, bunny yeah. ears, sorry. Um, hooded head. In the next paragraph, we're about to start, the all-black figure's hooded head mm. popped out. And hooded head is in inverted commas for some reason. That's really odd. Anyway, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Well, it's his um, hooded head. It's not his regular head. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So his no, regular head stays, stays put. It's just his his, his hooded head that pops out. Yeah, no, that is the next line. Sorry. Maybe his hooded head is another euphemism. Because if you get your hooded head out, because, <laughs> because unless you unless you unless you circumcise, yeah. yeah, that is your hooded head. It pops out. This is ginger being sick. Okay, so maybe 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 it really is. This is porn, and I've just. Maybe, well, that's when you find out later, yeah. yeah. The all-black figure's uncircumcised penis <laughs> popped out <laughs> the open space of the trap door. Uh, it looked around, <laughs> yeah, and then the whole body clambered out. That's weird. <laughs> but, I mean, it's alien physiognomy, isn't it? So you've got... <laughs> Like they, they can move in this weird way where they get their cock out of their zipper and then the rest of their body can get out through the zipper as well. It's a, it's a reconnaissance penis. He sends it ahead. 
Uh, Alright, so uh, then the whole body glamoured out. Now the figure had an extra addition. <laughs> what? I've no idea what that means. What? Now the figure had an extra addition, which was held in his left hand. Oh, no. Now the figure had an extra addition, which was held in his left hand. Which was held in his left hand. Oh, no. I don't know what is going on. Uh, yeah, I think he's getting himself ready for Ginger to arrive in five minutes. He's unzipped. He's got his cock out. He's holding his left hand. And, oh, hang on. Here we go. What? Now the figure had an extra addition, <laughs> which was held in his left hand, and that extra addition <laughs> yeah. happened to be yeah. the candle of ever. <laughs> the candle of ever. That's it. It's just the name for his penis. <laughs> the candle of ever. That could be like your nickname for your penis, couldn't it? <laughs> it's, like, it's the thing that continues life, so it allows life to perpetuate. Yeah, and I think you're showing off ever, saying, yeah. hey, baby... Do you want to have a go on my candle of ever? The thing about candles is once they've been used, is they have that kind of like that drips down the side. They sides, get smaller. So... <laughs> <laughs> they do. Once they've been used, they get smaller. They do get smaller. And they have drips down the side. They've got yeah. drips down the side. So and it sounds like he's, he's recently used his candle of yeah. ever. Right. So, Ted, you remember Ted, right? The mm. Night Watchman. He got shrunk to death oh. by a Time Lord called the Murderer, <laughs> apparently. Then afterwards, the Murderer crept around yeah. with the candle of ever. Right. He's got it, has he? Yeah, he's got it. So let's find out what happens next. OK, so chapter two. Enter the Doctor. Brilliant. <laughs> he's got his cock out. <laughs> he's got his candle of ever out. Yeah. Now he's ready to enter the Doctor. He's dripping wax in readiness. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Dave. Oh. What? <laughs> Dave had finally arrived. Finally, OK. He was on his way somewhere, I suppose. You know, no, he was, he's arrived. He's climax, hasn't he? <laughs> OK. Um, he opened the door and entered the lightless room. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> you're obsessed with how much light there is. That's all you... Basically, you're obsessed with sofa upholstery and light. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Well, I like the idea that I'm not going to use the word dark here, right? You're going to go with lightless, because dark's a bit boring. Uh, he felt for the light switch. <laughs> <laughs> I can really... Sympathise with this light switch getting poked all the time by fingers. Yeah, uh, he felt the light switch and, and pressed it. Yeah. He felt the light switch and pressed it. Okay. The room was immediately illuminated, and Dave thought, "Yeah, that's how light switches work." <laughs> Thanks for the description. There. <laughs> the room was immediately illuminated. I'm good. And Dave thought he felt a slight gust of wind across his cheek. Oh, no. Across his cheek. No, his cheek. No, his cheek. Across his cheek and heard a quiet type of whistling. What? A quiet type of whistling. There's uh, someone trumping again in his face. <laughs> yeah. just, there's the phantom raspberry blower of London town is on the loose. But there was nothing out of the ordinary in the room as he scanned it. <laughs> with, yeah. with his flatbed with his, scanner with his barcode scanner yeah that'll be two pounds please yeah. uh, and just passed it away as his imagination what, what the feeling of wind yeah i imagined that wind on my face <laughs> and the whistling yeah and the whistling 
It was then he noticed something in the southern corner of the room. <laughs> he got his compass out first and checked. <laughs> oh, look, there's something in the... Hang on, hang on. He, uh, southern corner of the room. There might be There might be a reason for this, because the, 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 the sofa was on the eastern wall. Yeah. Uh, this is in the southern corner. Maybe, maybe. So, uh, or it might just be that you don't really understand description. No, 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 because... Uh, because if you think about it, we've mentioned wind, and yeah. we've had south, and we've had well, wind blows in directions, doesn't That's it? That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've had people, they walk in directions. <laughs> they well, do right? that. And they break wind. Yeah. Um, all right, so where were we? The southern corner of the room. Oh, yeah. Um, at first, it just looked like somebody's coat or jumper. But as Dave got nearer, he noticed it had legs. <laughs> and arms. And, and he thought to himself, coats and jumpers don't have legs. <laughs> Yeah, but it was as you noticed it had legs and arms. Okay, yeah, uh, and like you know, coats and jumpers do, do have, have arms. arms so yeah. really, it should be he noticed it had legs. So that so yeah, but so now he's concluding maybe it's a jumpsuit or something. No, he's concluding it was a doll. Oh, that's what okay. he concludes! Exclamation mark. I don't see how you can mistake a doll as a jumper or a coat. I mean, they're they're not that similar, are they? It's a long way away in the dark. It is a dark room. It's no, light. no, it's a light. Oh, no, light on. Yeah, yeah so uh, he's an idiot. Okay. How did that get in here? He asked himself. <laughs> And uh, and he stooped to pick it up. He was very surprised to see it looked just like Ted. A Vodo doll, perhaps, he thought to himself. Mm. Then he noticed a pool of red liquid where the doll had been lying. Mm. And the same red liquid was slowly dripping from the doll's ears. Oh. Dave froze. <laughs> a sudden recognition of sheer terror fell over him. That's a weird sentence, isn't it? <laughs> a sudden recognition of sheer terror. Look at that. I recognise that. It's sheer terror. What's it doing here? It was Ted. Actually, no, that's in speech marks. It was Ted. That's a weird thing to say. It is Ted. Wouldn't seem more logical. But he's joining in with the past tense of the narrative. Maybe he's a sudden narrator. recognition of sheer terror fell over him. It was Ted, he said illogically. <laughs> but it's not any fucking more. <laughs> it's not Ted now. Yeah, it's a doll. Somehow, some form of life, maybe from beyond the stars, oh. he thought, oh. some totally twisted and evil race had struck. A grim silence had filled the showroom, and David rushed off to contact the Inquisitors. <laughs> A more warm and friendly hexagonal control console sat in a brightly lit, white glowing hexagonal room, which, surprisingly enough, also had roundels indented into its walls. Oh. Why is that surprising? <laughs> roundels! <laughs> what a surprise! I wasn't expecting roundels. I suppose it's because, like, you know, they'd not seen any roundels what ever. Is a roundel? before. Why, they, but now why do they have a name? Roundels. Because someone had to name them at some point. To, in just, order that everyone know what they were talking about, so they <coughs> gave them a name. Okay. And they called them roundels. But what do they do? Anything? Um, well, sometimes they've got electrical wiring behind them. Okay. But in um, in the uh, brilliant uh, EastEnders special edition of Doctor Who, yeah. the Rani's got like like a cyber head behind one, and uh, so they're they're cupboards basically. I suppose so. Yeah. Okay. They're just Time Lord cupboards. It's just the war. Yeah, yeah, with cupboards. But in. you can open bits of the wall, and whatever's behind that bit of the wall, if it's the uh, water pipes, that's there, or there's some right. wiring, or there's a Cyberman. Guess <laughs> everyone, everyone keeps a Cyberman in the toilet, yeah. just in case. Yeah. Okay. Proven by Matt Smith. Yeah, absolutely. At uh, the centre of the console, which was surrounded by a myriad of multicoloured buttons, mm -hmm. was rising and falling in a slow rhythm. Um, which meant that this machine was in flight, oh. for it was a time and space machine on its way to Blackpool. Oh. On the planet Earth. 
The exterior of the machine was very deceiving. It was in the guise of a police box, police box in uh, inverted commas, uh, from 20th century Earth, and it was a lot smaller looking from the outside, which billions of billions of billions of people and anti-people would find truly amazing. Anti-people? I have no idea. Like bricks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tables, chairs. Yeah, anything that's not a person. <laughs> Tell you what, this, this shelf would find this amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it just says apparently billions of billions of billions of people and anti people and anti people would find truly amazing. The machine, like the thieves before it, was dimensionally transcendental and a TARDIS. Ah, the word TARDIS is a shortened version of this time and relative dimensions in space, and they come from the planet Gallifrey, as do all Time Lords. Uh, the owner of this particular TARDIS was a Time Lord, but oh. he had stolen this one, or what? borrowed it, oh. as he would have said. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work as well as it should. There oh. were two major problems with it. One. <laughs> and there's a list. Yeah, that's not a long list, though. No, it's a list of two, but that's still a list, and okay. with numbers. Um, there were two major problems with it. One, the chameleon circuit, which allowed it to blend in with its surroundings, had ceased to work. So it always looked like a police box. And for some reason you've got police box in capital letters. Like it's an acronym. <laughs> well, it was in, it was in um, Bunny Ears before. Now yeah, it's now a... it was. Two, the steering was very erratic and the TARDIS usually ended up a few million miles and years away from its destination, which generally landed really? the owner in great trouble, exclamation mark. I think I'm um, saying that it usually ended <clears throat> up a few million miles and light years away is, is quite specific, isn't it? Yeah, usually. It doesn't usually do that at all. Sometimes. Offshoots by 100 years or something, more mm. often. Yeah, a million years is a lot. Yeah. Like if you want to go to London now, yeah. a million years ago, there's no yeah. one here. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> okay. The owner did not reveal much of his past and could not pronounce his name. What? So he went by the name of the doctor. He couldn't pronounce his name? That's what it says. The owner Fair could enough. not pronounce his own name. <laughs> So he went by the name of the Doctor. So all that stuff in the new Doctor Who yeah. about his name being like no one can say it and it's yeah. really a big deal and yeah. the question and the silence will fall <laughs> and all that stuff. No, no. The, actually, the reason Matt Smith doesn't say his name <laughs> when the when the Time Lords say Doctor Who, yeah. Doctor Who, is because he can't fucking say it. That's it. He's embarrassed, isn't yeah. he? You never what's, learned. What's your name, Doctor? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's private. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's a there's a, a a little secret that Stephen Moffat's been refusing to reveal it's that Howard has just revealed. Many of the things that like you know start to click into place now. It's like when people ask Doctor Who what two plus two is, and he goes like, "I can't tell you." It's not because he's been mysterious at all. He's just yeah. an idiot. Yeah. The Doctor was a short fellow. Sarah Jane, he said. <laughs> he was dressed in checkered trousers. Sarah Jane, look at my checkered trousers, he said. <laughs> a white shirt, a waistcoat and a black jacket. A thick mop of black unkempt hair rested on his head and he... And it was curly and he wore yeah, a scarf yeah. and a hat. <laughs> and, he, and he piping a tune on his little flute. And he piping a tune? Yeah, and hopping around the console. And he was called Tom Baker Doctor. <laughs> he had some jelly babies and a robot dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A young lady with short black hair stood watching him with a mild look of amusement on her face. Oh. She was Zoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good description. Rather than say Zoe was watching him, it's like <laughs> a young lady was watching him. She was Zoe. A few... A few seconds later, a Scots lad entered the room, dressed in his kilt, white shirt, shoes and socks, from which... <laughs> he had clothes on, basically. <laughs> yeah, he had hair. A naked and person he, came in. He had hair and a nose yeah. and ears. 
Well, <laughs> <laughs> why in, in science fiction you've got to mention these things because you never yeah. know whether someone's got a candle of ever in their left hand or not, do you? <laughs> yeah, no, he, apparently he hasn't got his knob out. The, the interesting thing about this selection of, of TARDIS crew in the history of Doctor Who is they've yeah. all got exactly the same hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of like the Beatles, but like <laughs> without the rubbish one. <laughs> well, Poor. Paul McCartney. <laughs> Yeah, although Jamie is Paul McCartney, isn't he? Yeah. If you're going to compare him to one of the Beatles, it's definitely Paul McCartney. Yeah, because yeah, he's Scottish. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. I'm fucking Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> the Tardis broke up Paul McCartney. All right, so dressed in his kilt, white shirt, shoes and socks. <laughs> <laughs> From which protruded his beloved Dirk. <laughs> Good. Dirk Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> Dirk Benedict sticking out of his socks. Yeah. Okay. He was holding. <laughs> he was. <laughs> oh God! What? He was holding his head. <laughs> he was. As I said, he was holding in the same sentence. A few seconds later, a Scots lad entered the room dressed in his kilt, white shirt, shoes, and socks, from which protruded his lo- beloved Dirk. He was holding his head, <laughs> and he spoke in a strong Scottish accent to the doctor. A strong so, Scottish accent. So does that mean that his head come off and he just got it? Well, I guess so. He's holding his head in his hands. Oh, dogs out of my head! <laughs> he said. How do we do? You've got to. You've got to. You're gonna to have to help me. Remember, you taught me how to do Doctor Who voices. This is like impersonation masterclass with me, Howard. Yeah. Okay. What else you got for me? Okay, I'm gonna teach you how. Because I am to... quite rubbish at impressions. Okay, well let's start off with something easy. Yeah. The ten good. doctors. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So first of all, first Doctor Richard Herndon. <laughs> the sad geeky pride on your face for that joke. Okay, and um, and the, he says the, the type of thing he says is um. No, he didn't. He means a great glitter pie. No, he didn't. He means a great glitter pie. Very good. Yeah. Patrick Troughton. <laughs> Jamie, Zoe, Jamie, Zoe. It's actually that. better than mine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Now, Tom Baker, Doctor Who. <laughs> Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane. I can't do that weird that actor voice that you do. Sarah Jane. Sarah, Sarah Jane. Just invent an accent that doesn't exist. <laughs> Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane. Yeah, yeah. I was getting there, yeah. Sarah, Je- Sarah Jane. Romana. 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 Na. Na. Romana. Na. Yeah. <laughs> you, you taught me how to do these impressions. But uh, now I'm going to need a refresher course. So, Jamie. Jamie is, um... Doctor, the TARDIS broke up. Doctor, like, doctor, doctor, doctor. Yeah. The TARDIS broke up. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's that constant feeling of um, surprise. surprise. Yeah. Och! He says och first. That's his first word, it's och. Oh, sometimes oh. Oh, he, does, he does surprise and disgruntled. If he's saying och, he's like, oh, doctor, oh. this is worse than the TARDIS. Och, can you nay shut that racket up, doctor? Yes. Nailed it. I'm trying to get a bit of sleep in. Before you land us in some more trouble. Uh-oh. So they know what exactly happens in Doctor. They understand the concept of the Doctor Who programme. Mm, apparently, yeah. It's like, whenever we land, we're going to get in trouble, so yeah. I'm going to go and have some sleep now. Yeah, they're going to make the most of it. I'll forget I heard that, remarked, <laughs> remarked the second Doctor. Remarked Patrick Tran, uh, yeah, Doctor, Doctor Who. As he drew his flute from his lips and stood slightly worn out. I smiled the Scot, who was named Jamie. <laughs> That's Good. much better. And Jamie was truly relieved that the Doctor had stopped his piping. Well, I thought you were very good, Doctor. Bravo! Thank you, Zoe. Some people just don't appreciate fine art. (laughs) (laughs) And on the subject, there is a fine art show on in Blackpool in 1991. What? Which is where we are going. 
So, so we shall pop in there. <laughs> go, go to the tower. Go to the pleasure beach. Play on the slot machines, and then stroll along, <laughs> stroll along the front, eating candy floss and rock. <laughs> Little Howard dreamed of being a writer, and so we sat down to every night. But everything he wrote was fucking shite. Yeah, woman, woman, no. Was writer in the world. 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 He's a stupid, suck-ass, rubbish writer. Okay. That's a good Patrick. Yes, Sarah Jane. Ooh. <laughs> Craggy knob! <laughs> you missed Paul McGann. Ooh! <laughs> that's wrong, is that's Peter Davis's That's it, that's it. But the, my thumbs have gone weird. Christopher Lassister. Lassister Planets is just in the earth. And. Go oh, on. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, and. Ooh! <laughs> I've got a bit of a TARDIS. <laughs> the laziest impressionist I've ever seen. It's every time you can't do someone or think of what they sound like, you just do a Frank Spencer impression and pretend that's okay. Betty Song, what are you doing here? Oh, Frank who? Frank who? You've made the TARDIS trip over again. I didn't mean to, River who? I mean... <laughs> well, that's probably her name. They got married, right? I didn't mean to... Betty, Betty Song, <laughs> Betty Song, Amy Song and Rory Song. What are you doing? No, that's not right. Amy who? No, wait a second. Amy Spencer and Rory Spencer. What are you doing? Thanks for listening to this episode of The Worst Writer in the World. It was good. It was good, wasn't it? You liked it. You enjoyed it, but it wasn't enough. Uh, yeah, right. I want more. It was like, yeah, you enjoyed that, but you wanted more, more content. You are Oliver Twist. There you are in the workhouse. <laughs> You've just had a small amount of gruel. And you're like, well, I love that, but I want some more gruel. So you go up to Mr Bumble and you say, could I have some more, Mr Bumble? And he's like... And he says, yeah, you can, but only if you sign up for $2 a month at patreon.com forward slash man by cow. And if you do that, just $2, you will get more stuff than you can even imagine. Like a ridiculous amount. Yeah. And if that's not enough for you you could upgrade to a slightly higher price wow. and have even more wow. and it will it will explode your brain oliver twist so give us your two dollars yeah. oliver come on orphan yeah but don't don't try and eat it though <laughs> <laughs> no do what you want you're the customer if you want to eat our podcasts and videos mm. you can do that and if you pay us enough we will send you cake yeah. <laughs> or gruel, if that's what you want. If you're really set on the idea of gruel, we will send you more than one bowl of gruel. I don't think we should be promising to send people gruel. <laughs> I did say if you pay us enough without saying how much that is. Right. All the right. new gruel So if someone tier. really wants this, then yeah. we'll negotiate. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but in all seriousness, if you want a load of entertaining stuff by us that you haven't already heard because it's exclusive to The Secret Gang, then join us on Patreon. We'll be very happy to see you there. Gentlemen, we used to say that at the end of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye, Milk. Goodbye, Milk. Here's a stupid, suck-ass, rubbish writer. Yeah.